It's Tony Katz today. Call it the great backpedal. Because that's what we're seeing. When it comes to the Biden team and coronavirus, remember, they had it all together. Oh, they had it down. They, they were, were going to come in and be the professionals and coronavirus. They, they won't even know what's coming. It'll be like an old Batman. Pow, ping, biff, oof. I love the oof. You know, but it's Biden. You got to consider his age. He'll walk in and say, hey, coronavirus, 23 skidoo. He's 78. I think the joke is fine. But now, now it's like, hmm, maybe uh, maybe it won't work out as well as we thought, right? Well, you, 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 you run in, in, you're running for office in poetry, but you govern in prose. Is that the expression? Bloomberg says that the team is increasingly worried that coronavirus is spiraling out of control making it difficult for him to contain the outbreak, and maybe uh, it won't work out well for him. That was the story on January 20th, right? That was the story on Inauguration Day from Bloomberg at 3.27 in the afternoon. Maybe that's why you hear this kind of nonsense now from Speaker Pelosi just, you know, just a day later. Today, our nation marks the passing of 400,000 people. That was yesterday. 400,000 people died. But today marks one year since our first knowledge of this pandemic. And what did we learn this morning? We learned this morning that the Trump administration had no real plan for the production and distribution of the vaccine. Just another in a series of their terrible, ineffective approach to it from the start in denial, delay, distortion, calling it a hoax. And now we find that they don't, ha- they didn't even have a plan. As we go forward, though. Never called it a hoax. She's just lying to you. She's also lying about the fact that there's no plan. This comes from a conversation from CNN saying a Biden official seeing that the Trump administration had no plan. No, 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 no. This is untrue. Let's be clear. Nancy Pelosi is a liar who lied right there. Calling it a hoax never happened. That's a lie. She is a liar. And if journalists were, I don't know, journalists, they would say, hey, wait, that's not true. A lot of things you can say about Trump, but that never got said. So stop saying it. And if 50 journalists said, stop saying that because that's fake news, it would stop. It would stop if they would do their job, but they have no interest in doing their job. Better they back up the administration from the realization that their dream about we're going to do 100 million vaccines in 100 days. We're already doing that. That's already happening. That the issues that we see in distribution across the states are not across all the states. So we should be engaging what has this state done right and what has this state done wrong. And we should ask ourselves how we teach these other states to do it better and get better at this distribution. Recognizing that you cannot have a top-down process that is rigid. 
if a vaccine should be given to people who are 80 years and older first, but you've got some vaccine that's going to go bad, it's going to, right, it's going to, the, the, what's, what, the, the date, the expiration date is coming. And you can't find any more 80-year-olds to give it to. Shouldn't you give it to a couple of 73-year-olds? What the hell? How about a couple of 26-year-olds who are just hanging around? I've discussed this before, the Israel and the, and the pizza delivery guy. When they have the vaccine, they got to give it to somebody. Hey, you, pizza delivery guy, get over here. Bing, there's a shot. Off you go. Shouldn't that be exactly the way that things go, that you deal with them as they come and you learn, hey, whoa, 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 we haven't been able to give it all out. This happened. We, we did this over here. These people didn't want it. Some people said, I don't want the vaccine. So now we've got this extra vaccine. What should we do? Well, in New York, they said, if you give it to anybody else, it's a million dollar fine. That's government. That's not Trump. That's government. I don't know why Pelosi's doing this. I don't know why CNN is doing it. Of course I know why they're both doing it, because cover is the name of the game. And that's really awful for the rest of us. Truly awful when these people also want to somehow make the claim that they're actual news and the only people who can be trusted. The Bidens put together this plan of 100 million vaccines. It was just a made-up number. That's all it ever was. I want 200 million vaccines out in 100 days. Let's go. What, you think anybody's actually stopping you from getting vaccines out? We can't let Joe Biden have a victory. We have to have less than 100 million vaccines out. What are you, crazy? Show me the person who wants that, and I'll show you somebody who should be committed. That's like saying we shouldn't give COVID financial relief to America because we don't want it to be good for Donald Trump. Oh, oh, that, that happened. Oops. Oh, speaking of COVID relief. Democrats are going to get to it. They're going to get to a new round of stimulus relief in March. You know who's upset? Georgia Democrats. The story from Mediaite is that Georgia voters are wicked unhappy because they were told you vote for Raphael Warnock, you vote for John Ossoff, that little child. John Ossoff makes Pete Buttigieg look manly. You vote for us, oh, you're going to get those $2,000 checks, going to make it rain up in here. I mean, that's me That's me sending the money out there. Producer Ari, you got that? No, I, I got it. It was, it was, it was good. <laughs> Hold on, wait. That's what that is. You're making it rain. I'm, that's, that's what I'm doing. That's so what I'm doing. I'm getting a good tricep workout while I do. But No. You're not getting a $2,000 check, even though you already got a $600 check, because Biden's proposal is only a $1,400 check, and people think they've been cheated. Oh, that's a lot to digest. Should I have poured you a bourbon before we started? I, I, I am really sorry. I, I mean, may, from now on, I, I got to start these segments with a drink. There you go. I got a little mixer for you. I'm not going to judge. You be you. That's the point. And to the top, there it is. This is something else. This is something else. But that it's so important and so urgent, they won't get to it till March? Maybe it wasn't so urgent. Maybe it wasn't so important. Maybe you said that because it would put pressure on the other guy. And now we could say, hey, you lied.
if it was so important and so urgent to impeach Donald Trump, why have you not yet sent the impeachment to the Senate? And that one other part of that is that we will be in the next few days when I'll be talking with the managers as to when uh, the Senate will be ready for the trial of the then president of the United States for his role in instigating an insurrection on the House, on the Capitol of the United States, on our democracy. We'll, we'll be discussing insurrection in just a little bit. Uh, Dick Durbin, who is the Senate Majority Whip, he thinks the House will send the article uh, in a day or two, saying that the uh, trial of former President Donald Trump is a priority. It doesn't seem like much of a priority. It seemed like a big priority in terms of hate, and I'm not even saying you couldn't have said uh, uh, Donald Trump didn't do something wrong. I argue that the censure route is the, the, the proper route, as I would have argued it in a couple different ways for a couple different people. The censure route is the right route. And I do agree with the theory that you would have had a better conversation regarding impeachment on dereliction of duty than you ever could have had on insurrection. Legally, you sure as bloody heck don't have it. But remember, impeachment isn't about the law. It's about what those 435 people feel in terms of passing, uh, voting for impeachment, and then what those 100 people feel in the conversation of removal. Now, impeaching a president who's no longer there? Well, that's a thing. Well, we got to make sure he doesn't run again. Yeah, that's not about saving the country. That's straight up fear. <laughs> That's what that is right there. That's straight up fear. Most people leave it alone at this stage of the game. But when you're an addict, when you're obsessed, and when you can't live without them, which is really where a lot of this Democratic Party is, now, you know, it's, it's, it's Alinsky. The, the consequences of a good tactic is that you then have to do the thing. You won. Now you got to govern. Now you have to put up because you wouldn't shut up. Now you got to do it. Now we're going to see what you're all about. Speaking of what they're all about, let's take a look at Portland and Seattle and see if Speaker Pelosi is still talking about insurrection. I'm Tony Katz. So they marched through the streets of downtown Seattle. Going after cops, setting flags on fire. One person was arrested. Multiple windows were shattered. In Portland, they were surrounding an Immigration and Customs Enforcement office. Uh, they uh, destroyed uh, the uh, headquarters for the Democratic Party of Oregon. Windows smashed in, had the exterior vandalized. The question is... How come I'm not hearing the press talk about insurrection? And how is any of this possible in Joe Biden's America? Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. I 
Don't know this is possible. The best is the people over at Como News, K-O-M-O. They're over there in Seattle. One of their stories is the city is dying, unquote. Many Seattle residents frustrated with violence and destruction. The violence and destruction that people like the current vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, said, hey, don't forget to donate so you can bail those people out. The same uh, violence and destruction that is supported by people like Maxine Waters and Ayanna Presley, representatives, California, Massachusetts, respectively. This was all supposed to end when Joe Biden became president. How is it possible? How can this be happening? Well, let's at least be uh, clear that what we're looking at here aren't people who support Joe Biden. They're holding banners that say, we don't want Biden, we want revenge. Signs that say fascist massacres, police murders, imperialist wars, and of course, the big one, the sign that reads, we are ungovernable. I want it remembered that Representative Ayanna Presley and Vice President Kamala Harris supported people who say they are ungovernable because that is exactly what it is they believe. As we have discussed from the beginning, and it is not because you and I are smarter than anybody else, although we might be, it's that we are more honest. And we understood that when they were talking about these are Black Lives Matter rallies and you looked at the violence, you're like, that's not, has, has, that has nothing to do with race. That has nothing to do with being black. That's ideological. Those are people who want to burn it all down. And they yelled at me and called me names and called me suspected white supremacists. That's true. In Indianapolis, there was a group that refers to me as a suspected white supremacist. Uh, it's, it's, it's adorable when know-nothings do know-nothing things. The connection between them all is ideological. You had to recognize and understand from the beginning that Black Lives Matter was a Marxist organization and that any person who was willing to associate it with that organization was wrong, black or white, celebrity or athlete or politician or person on the street. They were wrong. Let me say it more directly. You were wrong. Not that you didn't want to discuss policing in America. Perfect conversation. Not that you didn't want to discuss the horror of what happened to George Floyd. George Floyd was out of his mind and high as can be. And former officer Chauvin is still wrong. Just like the officers who killed Philando Castile were wrong. And I argue that the officer who killed Tamir Rice was wrong. But Black Lives Matter was always wrong. Wanting to talk about policing in America, that's totally fine. That's what rational people do. Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization, and Marxism doesn't believe in the American ethos of the American way of life. They believe in the flat-out destruction of the American ethos and the American way of life. They don't believe in the nuclear family, and the destruction of the nuclear family means what? That children don't belong to you. You're just baby makers. Children belong to the state. That this whole village concept is what actually 
takes control. You should have no say over your children. We have say over your children. Just one of the many, many viciously awful things they believe. They want to tear it all down. And it's time for the Black Lives Matter supporters to wake up, grow up, and understand this. And it's time for the people who think, oh, Antifa, well, that's just a that's just a, a theory. That was Joe Biden, by the way. Joe Biden referred to Antifa as a theory. Joe Biden is wrong, and Joe Biden needs to wipe the sleep from his eyes and grow up. Antifa is violence. Antifa is the enemy of free and thinking people. Antifa is the enemy of a civil society and a civic-minded society. Antifa is wrong. And Antifa must be met with force. Because, man, they ain't afraid to bring force to you. What was the last one? A couple of uh, street preachers uh, the Antifa guys came upon. So first they stole a sign, then they stole the hat, then they just pushed them aside. You th- you want to live in a world where people can just have their hats and signs stolen? No big deal? Oh, okay. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big, massive, insane deal. Nobody should want that. Nobody should just allow that. And yes, Antifa needs to be pushed into a corner so they don't bother nobody. And every now and then, they'll get a little rowdy, and every now and then, they're going to have to just get pushed back into the corner. This happened in Joe Biden's America, in Seattle and in Portland. Because these people don't believe in America. They want to burn it to the ground. And they've got support at the highest levels now of the U.S. government. Not because I say so, but because they're on the record. I only hope this subject gets addressed sooner rather than later. But remember, guys, we only had it right because we were willing to, even when they were calling us names. Because right is right. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today. It was a little bit after 8 p.m. Eastern time. And there was a press conference. The Biden team has been inaugurated. Jen Psaki, who was with the Obama team and then was with CNN, is now the press secretary. And they're going to bring you truth. You felt good inside, you did. You felt good knowing that what you were going to get that you were going to get nothing but true, honest, soulful connections with your new press secretary and with President Biden. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. We already have a soulful connection, people. It is deep and it is rich. It is better than your marriage. Well, one of the questions that was asked kind of blows up that entire thesis. Go ahead all the way in the back. Yeah, hi, uh, congratulations on your new position. Uh, Owen Jensen with EWTN Global Catholic Network. Two big concerns for pro-life Americans. The Hyde Amendment, which of course uh, keeps taxpayer dollars, as you know, from paying for abortions, Medicaid abortions, and the Mexico City policy, which under the previous administration they expanded. 
to keep the tax dollars from overseas paying for abortions. So what are President, what is President Biden planning on doing on those two items right now? Holy cow, that's a good question. Like right off the bat, just solid, solid reporter question right there. What's the Hyde Amendment? That might be uh, the, the, the first, right? This is named after a Republican Congressman, Henry Hyde uh, of Illinois. I know, I know. There was a time where in Illinois they had Republicans. It was hilarious. This is about funding, federal funding for abortions, right? That's, that's what that is. That's what it's always been about. And you take a look at Biden's past. He has voted for the Hyde Amendment. He's voted against the Hyde Amendment. He's voted for the Hyde Amendment. He's voted against the Hyde Amendment. Then there's the Mexico City policy, as was just being explained, which is the same thing on a, on a global level that U.S. funding for NGOs not be used for abortions. Now, I believe that the the White House may have already changed that, literally via executive order. We'll see. But this was the question asked to the press secretary, Jen Psaki, P-S-A-K-I, that's how you spell her last name, last night. Here was her answer. Uh, Well, I think we'll have more to say on the Mexico City policy in the coming days. Um, uh, But I will just take the opportunity to remind all of you that he is a devout Catholic and somebody who attends church regularly. Uh, He started his day attending church with his family this morning. Uh I don't care if he started his day watching the Power Rangers, which I would also believe. He's not a devout Catholic. I'm not a Catholic. Maybe I don't get to say. No, wait, I think I do. He's not a devout Catholic. ...to remind all of you that he is a devout Catholic and somebody who attends church regularly. If he attended church regularly, he would know that abortion is killing and therefore don't do it. Do not pull this stuff on America. Stop telling me that Nancy Pelosi is a devout Catholic. I don't get to decide what kind of Catholic she is, nor do I get to make really a judgment on whether she's a good one or a bad one. Rather, I do get to note that there are rules. There are rules and there are standards. And you either live up to them or you don't. Am I a good Jew or a bad Jew? I'm not 100% sure. Do I live up to every rule and standard? Do I follow and and practice uh, a 613 mitzvot? Nope. Maybe that puts me as a bad Jew. I will admit to you that my Judaism as of late, because there was a time where I was very invested, and then it, it, it fell away. And it fell away because the politics took, took hold, and I, I wasn't interested in being around people who hated me. And actually left the synagogue uh, that I belong to in, in, in my, where I live in Indianapolis because it was very clear 
to my wife and to myself that we were not welcome. Politically, we were not welcome. People knew who I was, what I, what I, what I do, and it was, it was obvious. And as we came uh, to see it, right, we thought it'd be good for, for the kids and eh, we could live with it. It's not a perfect fit for us, but good for them. And then we couldn't, it became obvious uh, that, that there are, are people who have supplanted, as I see it, their religion with, with, with ideology. And, and I don't think there's a value in such a thing. And it actually, in seeing that and, and, and realizing that, realizing I don't have to be like that, even if other people are, it's been a, it's been a little easier to come back. It's been easier that I, that I have found a, a, a rabbi I find so, so decent and a, and a congregation I find so absolutely uh, welcoming and, and, and open and, and different and not, not, not all like me by, by any stretch. But like really, you know, arms wide open, it's about, it's about the religion. And it's about the religion to a standard. It's not about, you know, like the Chinese food menu of religion, one from column A and two from column B. That's not me knocking Chinese food. I love Chinese food. That's saying that if you, if you ga- gather, I, I guess this is true of, of Christianity, but I wouldn't know which religions do this, which, which I was almost going to say sects, but that's not the right word, right? I'm not sure. I, I, this is me with a, a non-knowledge, and I'm, and I'm asking for help on. But like when I look at, for example, Reconstructionist Judaism, right? I grew up with Judaism. There was Orthodox, and there was Conservative, and then there was Reform. And that was really the newer thing. And now there's this thing, Reconstructionist. Judaism and Reconstructionist Judaism, as I have come to see it, and other people could disagree with me, is very much the idea that you're Jewish to the point that you feel comfortable, and that's good. That's very much the Chinese food menu idea, one from column A and two two from column B. I can say to you uh, that the thing that has kept me connected to Judaism is, is Israel. And support and belief in Israel and it and its and its survival. That is not to say that I agree with every policy. I agree with their ability to survive. Israel is important. But to the idea of a standard to conservative Judaism, I, and as a not a political conservative, I don't I don't live up. I'm aware of this. I don't think they should change the rules for me, nor should I be able to erase a few rules, and therefore I'm doing just fine. That's how I feel Reconstructionism is. That's Joe Biden and his Catholicism. That's Nancy Pelosi and his Catholicism. That's Pete Buttigieg and his religion when he was attacking Mike Pence. You're entitled if you choose to pick and choose, but it's clear that you're not living up to the standard to where you're supposed to be if you are a believer. And people lapse and people falter and people fail and people have questions and and so it goes. But your answer to whether the government should be uh, funding abortions is don't forget Joe Biden is a devout Catholic, that dog won't hunt. When he starts putting forth pro-life policies as a Democrat, Maybe we'll believe it.
I'm Fingers Malloy with the Bourbon Minute brought to you by the Eat Drink Smoke Podcast. Is Kit Kat Whiskey Candy coming to a store near you? According to CandyHunting.com, Nestle Japan has developed whiskey barrel-aged chocolate. The chocolate is made from cacao nibs that have been aged in whiskey barrels for 180 days and manually rotated once a week to ensure all the nibs come in contact with the sides of the barrel. The process gives the chocolate a unique amber whiskey flavor. The Outlook Traveler report that the Kit Kat whiskey bars, priced at about $2.90 a bar, are available online at any of the Kit Kat specialty shops in Japan. Though these delicacies may be still available only in Japan, rumor has it that they may be marketed internationally soon. For more on the Kit Kat whiskey chocolate, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke. This was the Bourbon Minute brought to you by Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. Check it out on Apple podcasts amazon music or your favorite podcast platform eat drink smoke so odds are is pete Buttigieg judge is going to be your new transportation secretary i bring it up for a reason because today he went through confirmation hearings. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like the page. Yes, we're still there. We're not being bothered. We will keep it going until we know exactly where we're going to move uh, to. You can find me on MeWe at Tony Katz. Parlor when it comes back. Tony Katz, the podcast at rumble.com. But the story here is not specifically about people who judge transportation secretary. And I got to say, not that he has, I think, any real experience in transportation. He was mayor of South Bend for eight years. I don't think that counts. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't have much experience in transportation who end up being transportation secretary. The question comes from Ted Cruz. And the question, oddly enough, is one about infrastructure and about specifically the Keystone Pipeline. And in 2021, the Keystone Pipeline was scheduled to have more than 11,000 jobs, including 8,000 union jobs, for contracts worth $1.6 billion. And with the stroke of a pen, President Biden has told those 11,000 workers, those union workers, your jobs are gone. Mr. Buttigieg, what do you say to those workers whose jobs have just been eliminated by presidential edict? And that's exactly what happened. Canada is unhappy because the pipeline moves the, uh, the, the oil that get out of the tar sands and brings it down, and, and that's convenient and easy, and everyone's making money, and it's working, by the way, and not destroying uh, uh, you know, the environment. Now it's going to go by train. Trains owned by Warren Buffett. <laughs> it's, it's, honestly, it's the days of Rockefeller all over again. Except instead, it's going reverse. That's, that's a pretty good joke, if you ask me. What do you say to all those people who are losing their jobs because of, well, people like yourself and your ideological beliefs? Listen to Pete Buttigieg's answer. Well, I think the most important thing is to make sure that we make good on the promise of the president's climate vision as being one that on net creates far more jobs, millions, we hope. Uh, I know that won't just happen. We'll have to do a lot of work to make sure that's real. Uh, but getting this right means ensuring that there are more good paying union jobs for all Americans delivered through that infrastructure vision. 
Oh, he, there's no way he meant for that to be the answer. Well, look, uh, we have a vision for climate. We don't know if it's going to work, but we hope it's going to work. We're going to work hard to make it work, even though we have absolutely no economic basis for it working. And these people might lose their jobs, but we're going to have millions more jobs net and, you know, net overall, right? Net jobs, overall jobs. And, and that's what matters. So for those workers, the answer is somebody else will get a job? The answer is that we are very eager to see those workers continue to be employed in good paying union jobs, even if they might be different ones. Holy crap. But what's so surprising? It's nothing you didn't know. Hey, you who works on the pipeline. Hey, 50-year-old you who works on the pipeline. Go get yourself retrained. Why not? It would have been better if Pete Buttigieg judge just said learn to code. It would have been better. It would have been just... Easier to, to explain. Learn to code was something that was said on social media, specifically Twitter. When, um, when newspapers were laying people off, right? Uh, and people were like, well, learn to code. And it was considered an insult to journalists. As a matter of fact, they considered it some level of hate speech and would block you on social media, on Twitter, if you use the hashtag. Th that's That's... Everything Buttigieg just said. That is a stunning, stunning answer that is and should reverberate around the Midwest. Because that's who he's talking to. Notice nobody on the coasts, not a single person in New York or San Francisco will get affected. But that guy's a Hoosier like me. That guy's Indiana could give two you-know-whats about you. If you're in Nebraska, you know what Pete Buttigieg thinks of you.